Hello and welcome to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. This podcast is broadcast from Egypt. That's right, I was just hanging out with King Tut. But the real reason that I'm in Egypt is for what's called COP. Nope, not getting pulled over for a ticket. We're talking about COP27. That's the conference where we talk about climate change and all the countries get together and try to save us from heating up. COP stands for something very boring, Conference of Parties. And so there's all these parties here. And no, it's not like those parties that you get at the SPI or RE Plus Conference or the Intersolar Conference, especially the one in Germany. They like to party there. But we're talking about all these different types of parties like countries and NGOs. That's like a nonprofit, non-governmental organization. All these different organizations. In fact, some of the parties are greenwashing. I even saw that OPEC had a booth here at the COP. I should actually go and protest in front of that. But maybe I would end up in an Egyptian prison, which is what happens if you protest around here. And speaking of parties, it seems like the last couple of centuries, especially as time goes on more and more, we're having a big fossil fuel party. And it's literally powering parties like Burning Man when they throw a bunch of diesel on some sticks shaped like a man. And hey, it's a lot of fun, but probably not so good for the environment. But it is a party. Okay, so you might not have heard of COP27. You might have but you might have heard of the Paris Agreement or the Paris Accord. And that's back when we had this very likable Kenyan president in the United States. That's a joke, Barack Obama. And the countries got together and actually agreed on things like US and China and all these other big CO2 emitters. They made an agreement to try to limit the temperature to around one and a half degrees Celsius. And I'm an American. I don't like talking Celsius when I'm talking about climate because every one degree change in Celsius is 1.8 degrees change in Fahrenheit. And so when you say one and a half to an American, it sounds like not as big of a deal. But when you multiply one and a half times 1.8, that's a 2.7 degree Fahrenheit change. And now what they're saying at this conference is that we're not going to even hit that that the whole planet is going to heat up even more than that. And that's kind of crazy. So if you're using Fahrenheit for the temperature of your house or the beach or the slopes, you should not be using degrees Celsius. You should be talking about Fahrenheit. Don't try to downplay that climate emergency. And check this out. Not since that rock that took out the dinosaurs. Well, I should say, except for the birds, because... Those kind of dinosaurs are still here. That's right, birds are dinosaurs. Not since that rock hit our planet has the climate changed so fast. And humans, that's right, us humans, we are very smart. And we can tell the temperature of the earth throughout the ages, even before humans were here. And we can also tell the CO2 in the atmosphere and how that's correlated. And yes, there have always been climate changes, but they've been slow and gradual except for when we get hit by an asteroid. So kind of what they do sometimes is they take out ice samples, Antarctica, and they can just tell what's been going on on this planet for a very long time. Humans are so dang smart. 
But a benefit about that smartness is we're going to be able to figure out how to get ourselves out of this, how to set the dial for whatever temperature we want. So what I've kind of noticed about the news this year about this COP conference is a lot of the talk is about these rich countries like the United States having contributed the most to the CO2 in the atmosphere. And they want the rich countries to pay for the poor countries. And that does sound fair, but hey, does that make it work though? Does that make these rich countries agree to pay? And some of the other problems that we've been hearing about too is high interest rates for poor countries. So it would be like putting a gigawatt on your credit card at 15%, 20% interest. Kind of impossible to make that work. Just ask your financial planner or just ask Visa if they can increase your limit to a billion dollars. So the problem I see is that the biggest polluting country of them all, which is my country, the United States of America, we have something called politics. And there are enough people against paying for our original sin. Hey, I'm calling it an original sin because I'm in a biblical place here. I just went swimming in the Red Sea. Yep, that's right, Moses. And we know with this politics that it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. No matter how bad our president wants it, there's just other factors. In fact, if the president could do whatever they wanted, that might be called a dictator. Sometimes being a dictator would be convenient when you have a good one, but then you might end up with a bad one at some point. So then what's the solution? What's going to happen here? So here's my solution. If you kind of zoom out on our planet and take a look, you can see that humans and other organisms can grow like a virus. That's called going viral. You see these doubling rates. And as many of you may know, if you double a dollar for a month, you will have over a billion dollars. In fact, if the month has 31 days, you get double of what you would get in 30 days. You know, like 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, and pretty soon you're at a billion. Now what we can do is we can translate this into a disruptive technology such as solar and wind and storage. We are getting doubling rates, and the trick here is to speed up the doubling rate. Not to accept a four-year doubling rate. Let's go for a one-year doubling rate. That's my solution. Some pessimists will have plenty of reasons why this cannot happen. And the only reason that this cannot happen is if we listen to those pessimists. What we have to do here is to scale up our manufacturing and installation and permitting, of course, like the kind of effort that we put into a world war. But the good thing is people don't have to die. And another thing that's kind of interesting about these world wars is they end up improving the economy. And so what we have to do is to scale up solar, wind, and storage, which will be awesome for the economy. And you know what? It's inevitable that this is going to happen anyway. The question is, how fast or slow is it going to happen? So we might as well speed it up. Let's get it over with. We hear all these people talking about 2030, 2040, 2050. How about just, let's just do it right away. Creates jobs, gets people to work, manufacturing, and nobody has a monopoly on where you can manufacture things. And we're talking about things that aren't that rare. Things like silicon, lithium. These things are all over the place. You know, silicon, the second most abundant element in the Earth's crust after oxygen. And then lithium, that's the third element right after the Big Bang. It's everywhere in the universe. 
So solar and wind are already the cheapest forms of energy in the world. Energy storage is getting less expensive, and in a few years, it will be economically stupid to buy a new car that's not an electric vehicle. And these EVs can be easily plugged in and wired for grid support, which will happen. It's my opinion that most of the energy storage on the grid someday is going to be coming from our cars. That's right, bi-directional energy storage. I have 85 kilowatt hours that's been sitting at my house for weeks, not doing anything. What a complete waste. That's my car. So the question is, are we going to sit around and whine about it, come up with excuses and cry, or let's just get it done? Because we are humans. We are the smartest thing in the universe. We can easily figure this out. If we put in an effort, we can pick a temperature and dial it in. We could put CO2 from the atmosphere back underground where it came from and set a thermostat. We're humans. We can do anything we set our minds to. It will happen. The question is when. Waiting is stupid. Getting it done now is smart and makes big money. If poor countries want a strategy, they can align themselves with the countries that help them set up solar, wind, and storage. If the U.S. wants to set up a base in some island, maybe, a renewable energy base, then it needs to come with solar and wind and storage. Perhaps if the island has a low credit rating, the U.S. or other country can bring their credit rating to the base, the solar energy base. There are other low CO2 solutions, but we can see right now that solar and wind are the least expensive. So it's a scaling solution. We need factories, good labor, robots making robots that make PV and wind and solar and storage. If we distract ourselves with excuses, need ideas that do not come to fruition and blame for what someone did 50 years ago, then we will keep walking in circles. The solution is here. The solution will bring us out of any recession. The solution will create jobs. The solution will help children breathe clean air. The solution will prevent wars, which are usually over energy. The solution is scaling up big time, solar, wind, and storage. No excuses, all positive. So let's get going. So thanks for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast, coming at you from Egypt, COP27. To find out more about solar, storage, certifications, training, and everything else under the sun, that's our star, go to solar, S-E-A-N, that's solarshawn.com.